0: To stay on top in business, stay on top of your technology with the new Business Desk podcast, the business of tech. Listen on iHeartRadio or wherever you get your podcasts. Thomas Coglin, the Herald Senior Political Reporter with us now. Hi, Thomas. Afternoon, Heather. Oh, look, what a surprise. We've got some bad news stories about pre-departure testing and now it's going to be scrapped.
1: <laughs> yes, yes, the government uh, has a habit of listening to people very clearly when the polling isn't so good. Yeah, <laughs> pre-departure testing gone uh, as of 11.59 on, on Monday. So, uh, yeah, I think um, that was uh, on the cards for a while, but it was possibly accelerated by poor polling. And look, the, the Americans dropped their pre-departure testing on Sunday, uh, so it's getting more difficult to get a pre-departure test overseas. And also yeah. New Zealand's starting to look like a bit of an outlier, right? If we're, if we're the only country uh, that people want to sort of do tourism in, uh, that's doing pre-departure testing, I don't think we we compare pretty well to other countries. So,
0: do you, do, you know what I, you know what I'm hoping is that this is just the start of the unwinding of these ridiculous COVID rules. You know, especially when when many of us have had COVID now. Do you think that that is the case? I mean, might we see some lightening up of the isolation rules and stuff like that as well?
1: Isolation, it's hard to see. I, I think some countries have lightened up on isolation. I think Australia and some European countries are pretty light on isolation. I can't see that happening uh, in, soon. The government, I think is coming under a lot of pressure to maintain some baseline measures of COVID kind of um, preparedness. Interestingly, uh, Ashley Bloomfield had his weekly press conference this week, he's just come back from um, from Switzerland where he got COVID, and he made a very strong case in that press conference for continued mask wearing. So I think that's probably the next sort of political debate is whether or not the government takes Bloomfield's advice on mask wearing, whether we continue to do mask wearing, or whether it kind of pivots away from that. I, don't, I actually don't know where the polling is on mask wearing. The polling this, this year has really Really surprised me at how much um, of the public health measures that the public actually um, are willing to to continue on with. The public was very supportive of strict border measures, for example. So, yeah, it'll be interesting yeah. to see how quickly they look to unwind those.
0: Um, how's Grant Robertson reacting to that GDP figure? He can't be happy about that. Uh,
1: no no i I mean that that um that GDP figure surprised everyone i think uh and there's a <laughs> there's a wee bit of damage control um from the beehive <laughs> yeah look we're we're halfway towards a technical recession, it's a print of um uh, negative uh zero point two uh, growth o- over the quarter. Uh, if we get another quarter like that, then we are technically in recession. Um, I think that the the person, um, and perhaps more than Grant Robertson who's got a question to answer is Adrian Orr, uh, because the Reserve Bank in May, now um, that was you know just uh, about three weeks ago, the end of May, they put out their MPS, their, their most recent forecasts, and they were forecasting then that this quarter would show growth of 0.7%, yeah. and just th- I think three weeks later they were proved to be so wrong. They were nine uh, Nine points, percent of GDP off. Uh, Yeah, which is a lot. So terrible. Yeah, it's. it's, uh, I think they've got real questions to answer about their forecasting, particularly when they're using those forecasts to make cash rate decisions. And those cash rate decisions are having huge impacts across the the economy. Across the economy. So we've just. There do need to be questions asked about how well the Reserve Bank is forecasting and whether those forecasts are reliable enough to be making the massive decisions the Bank is, is making right now.
0: Yeah, excellent point. Um, listen, Penny Wong and Nanaima Mahuta have they ever had anything to say after their meeting?
1: Yeah, they, they they wrapped up a press conference about an hour ago. They seem to get on pretty well. Uh, Penny Wong is a pretty um, she's quite a, a, a mellow sort of person. I'm not sure if you managed to, to tune in, um, and 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 I'm heard is pretty mellow too. Interestingly, they, they left chat of 501s leaders. Obviously, uh, Anthony Albanese and uh, and uh, and Justin met, met last week. Uh, they were more focused on China and the Pacific, and it looks like they they're, they're quite on the same page about about wanting to ensure that the Pacific is kept a sort of free independent, largely. Democratic uh, and, and with um, with sort of minimal uh, Chinese militarisation, uh, so so it was a very regionally focused kind of event. Interestingly, some indigenous um, indigenous sort of elements were brought forward. Penny Wong as as a supporter of this as um, Australian idea called uh, the Uluru statement from the heart, which is a big sort of indigenous rights uh, push in Australia. Uh, and and she was asked actually about um, about uh, New Zealand's history on, on indigenous um, relations in, in, in this country, uh, and and she actually said that that yeah, Australia had could, could learn some lessons from the way that, that New Zealand uh, has, has um, grappled with. It's, a, it's sort of a um, colonisation legacy. So it's quite interesting that that, 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 that domestic politics, I guess, bled into this, um, into this press conference.
0: Yeah. Hey, very interesting stuff. Thomas, thank you very much. Thomas Coglin, the Herald's senior political reporter.